Hello and welcome to my podcast. Um, I apologize if you hear the background noise of little ones. I'm about to take them to the park and they're just all hyped up and excited about it. They have their strollers out and the baby, little babies in them. It's so adorable. But um, I told them to give me five minutes because I wanted to share this with you guys. So it won't be a really long segment, but I wanted to get your brain thinking about the holidays, about Christmas, about Thanksgiving. Yesterday was Thanksgiving. Um, I have a hard time once I, once I was, became awake, once I was able to open my eyes to the Matrix and what it really represents, like, of course, I don't believe that we're in a computer, but essentially, there's a parallel to that. Essentially, we are. Essentially, we're in a place that is controlled by um, a certain amount of people that is a minority in the world, but are have put themselves over time in high enough positions to be able to control and monopolize everything that goes on in the world. So essentially, they are the programmers of the Matrix. And um, some of them are themselves caught up in it and not realizing how um, bad it is, I guess. But where you can get some of your resources is there's a fantastic um, blog by Savali, who's a... um, survivor sorry the background noise is affecting me too i'm sorry um Svali is a survivor of the illuminati and she goes into great detail about the things that happen and um though christmas is seems to be one of the best times of year for everybody like everybody's all happy and jolly and it's all about you know christmas cheer it is actually one of the worst times for uh, children of the Illuminati and things that they experience, things that they witness. Um, the, the account that, um, Svali gave on, in one of her interviews about Christmas was that, um, it's basically an upside down of what we experience. It's like an upside down Christmas. There's a man dressed as Santa, but he's not dressed as Santa. He's dressed as like Christmas spirit or something um, with the beard and the staff. And um, um, he is put up in front of hundreds and or thousands of children and um, their children being abused on stage in front of the other children by his staff. And I'm not going to go into detail, but some of the things that Svali witnessed is just insane. Striking, um, Striking terror into a lot of these children's hearts and causing them to uh, desensitize to violence and abuse. Um little by little until they become adults and then they start doing the same thing to their children and the next generation. So it's a cycle of abuse, but also using a lot of um, mind control techniques um, and causing causing this 
group to be tight-knit only because of their secrecy and the um, how scared, how horrified people are to leave it because they, they lose everything. They leave the Illuminati, they leave their family, they leave their money, they become homeless, they have all these crazy stories and things that they've, they've witnessed. They're broken people. They're definitely broken because of the things that they've seen and things that they've done. Because to be in the Illuminati, even as a very young child, you have to do things that are unheard of. Um, one of the things Illum the Illuminati survivor Svali said was, um, she was a trainer, and what that means is she had to train children, um, at a young age to basically fall in line with the Illuminati, and how to do that was traumatize the children in, um, the same ways that she was traumatized as a child. Um, she says that they're all born, um, premature. They all make every single child that's in the Illuminati be born premature um, because it is almost like a fight or flight thing like they would rather the child die if they're not strong enough to make it on a premature birth and um, Svali was a premature birth as well um, she said it is it's basically every child born into the Illuminati because they want to test them before they're even born. They want to test their strength. Um, and that's it from birth, literally from birth, till they become full-grown adults. Even as full-grown adults, they're tortured mentally. And um, the, the way that they do it is... Um, is a part of MK Ultra mind control, which, as I said, can be looked up and researched as something that the government actually did on civilian human beings um, and experimented on, and it's not hidden anymore. They they released it. They did this in the 50s and 60s, which is why LSD was so prevalent. Um, they were actually the ones leaking it out, getting it out, so people could uh, take the drug and they could kind of document and see how people reacted on the drug and how easily it was to control people. But on the inside, um, they were actually doing things to manipulate people's brains and minds to control them to do what they wanted them to do. Um, for a while, this was considered a myth. It was considered like this didn't really happen, this isn't real, but the, um, I guess CIA or FBI released, after so many years, they have to release records, like I think it's 50 years or so, and it's, um, but a lot of people just don't pay any mind to it, they're like, oh, it was 50 years ago, it doesn't happen today, but what is not being released today? It'll be released 50 years from now, you know? Um, I always think of it as, like, I had someone that I was with a long time ago, and he, he cheated on me constantly, and this person would tell me years later about something that happened years before. Like, oh yeah, I need to tell you something. Two years ago, I did this. And I'd be like, what? <laughs> you did what? 
and I was hearing about it for the first time. I was shocked and like going through the like hurt process. He was like, it was two years ago. You can't be mad. Like, that's how I feel like the government is doing us. Like, this was 50 years ago. How can you be mad? We were, we were in a different time then. But I feel like they release it, like, that late because it's going to come out anyways. And coming out late at least shows, you know, that, I don't know, like that it's real and it really happened. But at the same time, people are like, oh, that was 50 years ago, so it probably doesn't happen anymore. But in 50 years, there might be something released that happened now that people are like, you know, like, and I also feel like it's a generation thing. Like, they wait until the generation that cares is kind of older and not able to really do anything about it. Because this affected, like, my grandparents' generation. And my mom's, sort of my mom's generation, you know, 50 years ago. So, it's, I think it's a game that the Illuminati plays. It's a, it's a game that they say, ha ha, we did this and you guys don't even care. Um, and here's proof that we did it. <laughs> but. Anyway, so about the holidays, I just feel like all the holidays that we celebrate just have a really dark underlying meaning. I don't see any of them to be really, I don't know, I mean, I love Christmas, like I said, um, but I feel like Christmas, first of all, is being celebrated on pagan um, God's birthday, so that's just awful, and I do want to celebrate the birth of Christ, but I feel like we should celebrate it in different ways and not in the Christmas tree and all of those things. Those are also pagan, um, related to pagan rituals and customs. And um, the idea that somehow in some way we're contributing to the pagan rituals and the um the continued celebration of pagan gods and their birthday and stuff with this illusion that it's all about christ and it's all about family and joy and cheer symbols mean a lot in the spiritual worlds um, it's just like numbers mean a lot. Hold on a second. I feel like I need to intervene. Hold on. Okay, they're getting antsy. I need to take off here in a little bit to go to the park. But I just want you to just really think about everything that you bring into your home. Everything that you... Everything that you celebrate. Everything that you... Um, you know, ritualize and are a part of, just try to think about where does this come from? What does it stem from? Um, because not only is it pagan in, in, you know, origin, but 
also it has meaning that um, is is parallel to the things that are happening to the children in the Illuminati. And um, as I've said, every child that's in it has to be born in. However, they do um, trick the children a lot. They they constantly play games with their head and make them think that um, they can't trust anyone and not even people who are outside of the Illuminati, especially people outside the Illuminati. Um, for instance, I won't tell you the gruesome things that they do, that they make the children do at a young age. You can look into Svali's account of um, stuff for that because it's, it's awful what they make the kids do. But, um, and that's to train them, to desensitize them to abuse and, and violence and to killing. Um, but how they trick them is, uh, for instance, one way that they do it is they'll have a birthday cake and, um, it'll be their birthday because they do celebrate birthdays and that is also pagan in origin, but we won't go there. So they invite kids to their birthday and then, um, they tell the birthday kid that one lucky kid is going to get a piece of cake with a jelly bean in it. And that kid is the one that you are going to have to kill. Now, that sounds like absurd and it wouldn't happen. But there are children that they call expendables. That they integrate in with the Illuminati children. Um in some ways to make them think that they can, that the Illuminati children can be killed at any time. Um, so that they fear for their life. However, the Illuminati consider them very, very valuable. So they, they don't want the Illuminati children to ever be killed or face any kind of, um, any kind of torture that is beyond comprehension because they want them to turn into adults and they want them to turn just like them and they're they're small in numbers they're um they need every child that they can get basically every child that has their bloodline it's their pure bloodline and to them the children are very precious however they don't treat them like they're precious and they scare the bejesus out of them um for instance they'll take expendables and mix them in with Illuminati children and children don't know who's who they don't know what family is what they just they don't know so um there's one instance where Dr. Green um he's a I don't want to say famous because he's oh I don't like saying people are famous if they're horrible people but he's um known in the Illuminati world as a as a handler a very um a very mean handler but he's able to get the job done 
and a handler is someone who handles the children and uh, handles trainers and gets trainers to do their job and make sure that they're being they're training the children the right way a handler is responsible for the children's quote-unquote growth in the Illuminati and also for uh, scouting them into the, what potential they have in different areas um, they they show uh, fake compassion for the children like the fake love a fake attachment and that is what the children cling to so they have a love or a distinct respect for the handler because of the affection the fake affection that's shown um and that's just to get the children to cling because most of the other people in their life are abusive and and don't show that affection um so they're like the one person that's supposed to show affection. Even the parents um, aren't supposed to be as affectionate as the handler, according to some of the survivors of the Illuminati. Um, the parents are completely desensitized from the children as far as like, that's my mom, that's my dad. Um they have to now respect them in a way that is um, more out of fear, and um, that's a lot. How do they how they get the children to um, completely split personality? To get to a degree of split personality is they um, traumatize the children, and I'm, I st I don't want to talk about how but they traumatize the children in such a way that it makes their mind split because how could they love somebody so much such as their parents and then their parents do something so horrific and so horrible to them so it causes the disassociative identity disorder which is something that I intend on studying um, to the fullest degree Sorry, guys, it's getting so loud. These kids are really wanting to go to the park. Um, hold on a second. Okay, I'm back. Sorry. Um, so, back to what I was saying. I get distracted so easy. But the, um... The mind control techniques that they use cause disassociative identity disorder into the point where some of these children are not completely whole in the fact that they, um, the abuse that they suffer goes to one personality and that is also where the training goes. Um, and then their other personality is conditioned for daily life and, um, and that is how they're able to survive. It's it's sad, but that's how that's a instinct that is born in all of us. That if we undergo a certain amount of trauma at such a young age, we can't um, process it. So our personalities, we our mind splits into personalities that can handle it and that can't. Um, because we wouldn't be able to go on with day-to-day -day life. And it's it's a survival technique that 
that our bodies actually are um, produced naturally. Any any person could have dissociative identity disorder, given the amount of trauma that they they experience as a child. Um, so the Illuminati knew this, and as part of their experimentation, once they knew this, they used it as a form of control um, to be able to control and manipulate these personalities. Um, you see it when you see people who blow up buildings and have no recollection of why they just did it. They're called sleepers and basically they're programmed to have a normal life until one day they're supposed to just snap and do something crazy. But that crazy thing is actually planned and organized by the Illuminati. Um, the access to weapons, the access to to bombs or explosives, um, that's all provided by them. They literally just program this person to do this one thing this one day and up and leading up until that day they have a completely normal existence and then after that day they're very confused because they're like I don't remember doing this thing and they think they're crazy but really it's because they've been split and um they don't know because it wasn't them who did it it was their alternate personality um some people don't believe that multiple personality disorder or disassociative identity disorder exists research it look it up it's real i mean some people can fake it but there's no way that it's not real it's it's i believe the key to undoing and unlocking the secrets of the Illuminati because we interact with people every day and chances are that quite a few of us, quite a lot of us, because we're just going to say that Illuminati is about a million people in the population, maybe more, more likely a little bit more, um, then we come into contact with those people on a daily basis. Um, some people are um, probably closer to the families. Usually they're really rich families, you know, that really elite and rich families, but there are elite and rich families that are not Illuminati that um, may come into contact with these people. Um, Svali herself was a... Um, what did she say? Oh, a, a Sunday school teacher by day, an Illuminati member by night, training kids, um, training kids to be evil, and um, and somehow, throughout all that, she got saved, and her personalities. She was able to go to counseling and get her personalities to converge back together, and um. And that gets that's actually how they cure the personality disorder or the disassociative identity disorder is by getting all of these personalities that are split to actually come back together and um, reunite with the soul. And 
sounds really crazy stuff, but it is, um, it's out there and it's real and it's happening. And a lot of people don't believe it or believe in it. Um, one of the things like that I'm struggling with is that there's conspiracy theorists that have, have realistic ideas of what's out there and what's going on. And when I say realistic, they're still out there to, to the mainstream people. Like most mainstream people would not think that even disassociative identity disorder is a real thing. Then there are some conspiracy theorists that kind of like are way out in left field. Like, And if you're one of them, I just say that, you know, do the research, really, really try to find some solid basis for your thoughts. Imagination um, is not the truth. Our imaginations can get the better of us and we can start thinking that everybody's lizard people and, you know, there's this thing that goes way out in left field, but what's happening is it's making the other conspiracy theorists look kind of crazy because most people associate conspiracy theorists, as far as I know, with people with those left left field like stories and those left field conclusions and um basically like for okay I'll I'll give you one for instance the flat earthers I'm not saying the earth isn't flat and I'm not saying that it's not round um I am saying that this is something that I want to devote a lot of research into because there's enough evidence pointing me in the direction of researching it. Do I believe it yet? No. Do I think that people who do believe it are crazy? No. I think the people who believe it without researching it are crazy. Why would you believe something so outlandish if there's no solid base proof? If someone just says, oh, everybody's been fooling you this entire time. We all have tiny little kangaroo pouches inside of our bellies. And once we get into those, we unlock the keys to true happiness. People are going to be cutting themselves open for nothing because they just believe somebody. Just like... That was just something that came off the top of my head. And my head is, I told you. My head is a crazy place. You don't even know. Um, but, but basically, some of these things come from people like as, as weird as me. that say it's fact. And then a bunch of people believe it. And that is not how it's supposed to be. You're supposed to really, really care about what you believe. Because that's your soul. Like, that's your eternal self. And you're just believing something that someone just said. I don't know where. I, I get told stuff all the time. It's crazy. And some crazy stuff. And some stuff in my mind is pretty crazy. But the the logical part of me is just, like, research it, find out who this person is, when, you know, it was stated, um... Could this be true? Is it a possibility or plausibility? 
Um, I, I always look into things as sometimes there's no 100% proof, but there's enough evidence for it to be plausible. And there's enough evidence for it to be plausible. Does it make sense with what I believe? Does it make sense with um, other things? Does it connect to other things? Does it make it more plausible? Do other things become more um, realistic and plausible if this thing is plausible? For instance, does the Illuminati exist? I believe it does. Is there 100% proof? No. There's a lot of evidence pointing in the direction that it exists. But like I said, there's no 100% proof. Otherwise, they'd be um, exposed. And the, there's just no way to expose them. But um, does it make sense for how the world is running now? Yes. Does uh, Do other things seem to kind of like make more sense on the why and how things are happening the way that they are and, you know, why we had the war on terror and why we're having all these political um, agendas going on? And yeah, it does. It makes a lot more sense. Do I believe it? Yes. Could I be wrong? Mm, yes, I could be wrong and I, I'm willing to admit that. But I like to be so sure that um, because I, I want to find enough evidence to prove it to be so sure that I don't think that I am wrong. And that uh, it's not that I don't want to be wrong, it's that I want to do enough evidence to be believing what's right. I want. Doing, did I say doing enough evidence? Finding enough evidence and looking at the details and finding enough um, proof for myself that I know what I believe in has to be right. There is still, you know, small percentage of a chance that I'm wrong. I'm willing to admit that. I could be wrong on some, some you know, some major things, but... Do I believe that I'm wrong? No, because I've sat down and done the research. And to me, it's more plausible than people just believing what they hear and just being like, yeah, everything that I heard is true and I'm going to believe it. And that's just how I'm going to do. Live my life believing what I was told because that doesn't make sense to me. Like you can't even defend what you believe because you don't even know why you believe it. Um, that was 30 minutes. I can't give you much more time um, because I've got to take the girls to the park. We're going to have a picnic at the park. And um, it's going to be super fun. I just want to tell you guys, happy Thanksgiving. Research that. Because all these little Thanksgiving plays where all the kids are doing, it's not how Thanksgiving really went down. Um... Like I said, all these holidays have a very a sinister undertone to them. So it's it's almost like we're on the on the facade or celebrating something lovely and wonderful, but deep down something really bad occurred and we're still celebrating, thinking that it's a joyous occasion to celebrate soul. That being said, do your research and look up Svali, S-V-A-L-I. 
she her testimonies will blow you away to me they're real they're genuine and another thing um there is a radio announcer that is a christian radio announcer i think if you find her um actual um interview with him he states it in there but i want to say that he um lived near the vatican and one of the things that she had told uh him about the vatican herself he had heard prior but he dismissed it as like oh it's you know a lie there's no way um a woman ran and was like i need help um this is what's going on and he she basically told him the exact same thing that Sfali did years and years and years later, not knowing this woman, not knowing anything about her, not knowing he'd ever met her. Um, and he dismissed her as like, oh, she's kind of crazy. But when he met Sfali and he heard the same exact thing, the same exact way, he was like, oh my God, this is really happening. I need to document this. I think he was a journalist. Anyway... He got her interview, and it's just mind-blowing. But it makes sense, so look it up. Um, thank you for listening, and I appreciate um, anybody who subscribed or who listens to my channel. Sorry, I'm just so tired today. I think it was all the food I ate yesterday, because I ate a ton of food, like... I'm wearing my Thanksgiving pants still from yesterday because I didn't want to get out of them because they were so comfy. I changed shirts and everything and I even got a shower, but I'm going to put my Thanksgiving pants back on. And next year I'll probably own two pairs so that way I could wear my first pair until I'm done eating the food and then the next day wear my second pair because I'm still like digesting all that food. It's a lot of food. We had a lot of food. Um... I'm thinking about going vegan next year, um, only because there's been a lot of raised awareness about, you know, things that go on, and it just, it really gets to me. Um, some people it doesn't affect, but I'm an empath, and watching and seeing the um, videos and see people spreading awareness it really gets to my heart because it does. Now, I know that one day we'll be able to harvest meat and we won't have to kill animals for it. We'll be able to, like, clone meat and then, like, much the same we do as um, we harvest skin cells and we clone skin cells for, um, like, skin grafting and things like that. Um... So one day our hamburgers will be able to be grown in a lab, <laughs> sadly. But to me, that's, uh, that's in better direction than slaughtering all the animals that we do. So, And, um, you know, I said I'm trying. I'm not there 100% yet because it's hard when you're conditioned all your life to eat meat. It's really hard to break away, but I'm working on it. Um, so I'm, my goal is 
to new to start the new years with some um vegan like lifestyle changes and then definitely when um thanksgiving and all that stuff comes to have a completely vegan uh thanksgiving and i know my kids like really hate all the changes that i'm making because they're like what no turkey and then also i'm i think this is hard because kid my kids mean so much so much to me but I think I'm going to start celebrating Jesus' birth on September 11th and not doing Christmas presents at all and more or less just get them things throughout the year that they like. Um, I just, I'm being like emotionally convicted about celebrating Christmas on Christmas and that it... It's literally the day that Osiris was born and we're celebrating Jesus' birth on the day that a pagan god was born. And there's absolutely no validity to Jesus being born in December anyway because all the scholars said it was, it's impossible that he was born in December because of how cold it was. And that, um, you know, though that makes for a really nice little... Christmas story, like, oh, my wife, we, me and my wife, we need somewhere from the cold, but it also makes it not believable because the sheep wouldn't have been out in the pasture grazing, and there wouldn't have been a pasture to graze on because it had been covered in snow, just things like that, so just pray for me, hopefully I make the right decision for my family and for my kids, oh. I'm tired. I'm going to get these kids off to the park. And um, I hope you guys enjoy things I have to say. If you have any feedback, hit me up on the Anchor app. I'd love to hear from you. Thank you so much. And have a wonderful day.